Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I was thinking about friends as um, I was preparing the the message for tonight. Um, Great to have friends, isn't it? Um, But... But sometimes uh, friends with the, with the very best of intentions um, lead us into rather unfortunate situations. Yeah. I was um, thinking about, about Rome, actually. Um, my um, previous visit to Rome uh, was, I think, 24 years ago. So it'll be interesting to be, to be going back there shortly. 24 years ago, I went there with, um, with three friends. It was before I was married. And when we arrived, the, the friend, um, a fifth friend who lived in Rome, um, had um, he'd been supposed to be organizing things for us, but um, he wasn't a very organized sort of guy. So um, when we arrived, we found there was nowhere for us to stay in the, uh, in the youth hostel. And um, so we had to spend the um, part of the first day going around um, looking for somewhere to stay. And... We ended up, I think, in, um, in three different places, two in one place and, and, and two of us in, in individual other places. And after the first night, um, my, the place I was staying wasn't up to much. The, the other two friends said, um, hey, we've got loads of space in our room. Um, why don't you two come and, um, and stay in our place? And we thought, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, save us a bit of money as well. Um, but then as I began to hear the details, I began to become a bit less enthusiastic about it. And they said, you've, um, you've got, to, got to sneak in the door without the, without the landlord seeing you come in. <laughs> and um, so um, I turned up at the, uh, at the property ahead of them. And the door was, had been left um, slightly ajar. Uh, so I did a good job of, of sneaking in um, up the stairs, past the landlord's office, and, um, and up to the top floor. And um, I hung around for some time. Eventually, the two guys that were staying there um, turned up uh, with a rather, rather worried look on their face. And um, they said, Dave got caught coming up the stairs. <laughs> um, get inside quickly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Went inside quickly, and soon we hear other footsteps coming up the stairs. So one of them goes out to see what's happening. And um, it's clear that the landlord is outside, and there's this loud conversation going on in the, in the corridor. Uh, so what do you do when you're in a, a room and you're not supposed to be there? <laughs> you hide under the bed. <laughs> so I hid under the bed, and... Um, the, the friend outside, unfortunately, overdid the, the conversation with the landlord. Um, it, it went on for so long, the landlord was, by the end of it, absolutely convinced that there was somebody else hiding in the room. <laughs> and um, so um, after a few minutes, he came in, and I can hear him banging around, opening cupboards and, and looking at the bathroom and peering behind the shower curtain and um, eventually gets to the bed and <laughs> yanks it off, nearly ripping my nose off in the process. <laughs> and uh, all is revealed. 
<laughs> and um, he marches me downstairs to his office. And um, he said, um, why you not tell me you want to stay here? And I thought, very good question. <laughs> that would have been a lot simpler. <laughs> but my friends were trying to help me. <laughs> and after a suitable payment, I was allowed to stay. <laughs> my best man told that story at my wedding and um, ended with a message to Kate. Uh, if you're ever wondering uh, where Owen is, have a look under the bed. <laughs> Anyway, uh, friends, we're looking in particular at the friendship um, between David and Jonathan. So let's have a look back at 1 Samuel 18. It says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day. And would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And this story describes a, a crucial transition in David's life, where he leaves his father and mother's house, and he joins Saul's household. And this is really a, a door opening before this young guy, David. It follows immediately after his um, victory over Goliath. And here we see the hospitality at, at this time, true hospitality of Saul and the friendship of Jonathan. And they create a place for him to belong to and a place called home. Wow. And acceptance into Saul's household was a real key to David's success, to David's fruitfulness in the future, it, it opened a, a tremendous door before him to be welcomed into the household of the king. But, you know, there's got to be more to it than that because there were many in Saul's household at that time who never saw the fruitfulness which David saw. And we don't even know their names today. So, so what was it that made the difference in David's case? Of all the, the people that were in Saul's household that day, and David is the one that is recorded in the Bible. David is the one we know by name. David is the one who is a, a hero figure in our minds. What made the difference? And I think there are two real keys we can see in David's life. The first is this, that he had built a foundation of faith. Long before David became a military leader, long before he fought Goliath, he had developed a strong personal relationship with God, something which was highly unusual back in, in those Old Testament times. David's relationship with God was, was much more like what we experience today. 
David came into into God's presence and and worshipped God and had that sort of personal connection which really wasn't available in Old Testament times. But somehow, because of David's heart, he broke through into that meeting place with God. And God says elsewhere in the Bible that, that David was a man after his own heart. And, you know, that is, is a unique title, I, I think, in Scripture, that, that David was a man after God's own heart. And how did, he, how did he get to that place? You know, this was no accident. David pursued relationship with God. And David hungered after relationship with God. It was such a priority in his life that, that he would seek God, that he would love the presence of God. And as he pursued that relationship, he built a foundation for everything which came later. David came into a place of acceptance with God and he built this foundation in his life. And Paul talks about exactly the same thing in the, in the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And... David didn't know God by that, by that name, Jesus Christ, but, but yet he was building the same foundation in his life that, that Paul was talking about here. And we're called to do the same. It's the, it's the starting point of our journey as a believer. It's the most crucial thing we need to do in our lives is to build that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. He's the source of our, of our identity. He's the source of our acceptance and um, he he needs to be the the foundation the absolute base of of everything we do i was in our building church building in uh, inverness on uh, on friday uh, checking out the progress of the works and um, i should have brought you some photos i will i will send some through and um, it's going really well uh, all the steel work is in place and all the joists are in place and the, the plasterboard ceiling's going in and we've got, we've got all the other sort of trades coming in now, plumbers and electricians and, and, and so on. And now that the, the structure is mainly there, all the, all the detailed bits are going in. And however, the very first thing that those guys had to do before they could even start um, erecting the st- steelwork was to dig holes in the ground and pour foundations. And everything else stands upon that. One day we will move up, once phase two of the works is done, we will move upstairs and um, we will have um, 250 people um, standing on top of that structure, uh, jumping up and down before God in worship. And um, that steel won't give way because it's got a sure foundation underneath it. And that is the, that's the sort of foundation that we need in our lives, yeah. the foundation that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, David never lost that, um, that revelation that, that God was the foundation of his life. His later rejection by Saul, that was, that was a huge setback in so many ways. David went overnight from commanding thousands of elite troops to leading a small band of ill-disciplined ruffians in the desert. 
he he lost his privileges he lost his status he lost his possessions he even lost his wife so Saul took away his wife but the the one thing that Saul could not take from him was the most important thing which was his foundation his relationship with God it was absolutely unshakable and even in the midst of that chaos which Saul unleashed against David's life the foundation remained and David was able to to rebuild his life upon it and when we keep that foundation of faith in place everything else can be rebuilt and the second key i see here in David's life is that David honored the house you see David was accepted first of all by God but then he was accepted by Saul and by Jonathan he was welcomed into that household but he didn't treat that as a light thing and here we see in that passage we began with so David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely David's honoring the house and he's honoring the the leadership of the house and you know it says David behaved wisely Saul wasn't a very guy, wise guy Saul made rash decisions and Saul did some some crazy things and I would guess at this time that um that Saul would would do some crazy things as well but yet David's not standing up challenging him he's not saying you're a rubbish leader and David is serving Saul he's faithfully going out he's fighting battles on Saul's behalf and he's winning battles on Saul Saul's behalf and yeah. says he went out wherever Saul sent him he he's utterly faithful he's utterly committed to Saul as king and David lived in the blessing of that acceptance in the house empowered David he was he was accepted by the people it tells us in that passage but before he was accepted by the people he was accepted by Saul and Jonathan and before that he was accepted by God and as a result he was empowered to do great things and you know David he was welcomed into the the household of the king and we've also been welcomed into the household of the king a greater king than Saul the church today is is God's house yeah, the, yeah. the church is God's people and I'm not talking about a, a building I'm talking about the, the 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 people in the church we are the the house of God and we need to to play our part in opening the doors and accepting those that that God is calling God God called David from the most obscure location looking after sheep up in the hills God called David and he brought him into the house of the king and God's calling people today in Aberdeen and Inverness across the nation God is calling people into his house and you know when they come they they don't come as as ready-made leaders they they don't come as as the most wonderful gifted people that they, they come in in various shapes and forms and the number one thing we need to do is to accept them the number one thing we need to do is open the doors and say you belong in this place you belong in the house of god 
And when we do that, it empowers those people. Acceptance in the house brought favor. You know, we need to, we need to believe for God's favor, but not just God's favor, favor with people as well. Yeah. Persecution is, a, is an unavoidable reality, which, which hits from time to time. And David was to experience persecution generally. But, you know, the other side of that equation is that when we choose to live God's way, using godly wisdom as, as David did, the result is often not persecution. It's favor. Yeah. And Jesus experienced the same thing. The Bible says that, that Jesus, as a young man, that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Yeah. We see the same thing in the early church. It says in the book of Acts that they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And, you know, when, when we have a, a house that accepts, when we have a house where, where people can come in and belong, that we're, we're releasing favor into their lives, uh, just as the acceptance of, of Saul and Jonathan released the favor of the people into, into David's life. Also, acceptance in the house brought fruitfulness. David was a fruitful guy, but, you know, his fruitfulness, once he came into the household of of Saul, reached new levels. His fruitfulness now was was not, um, hey, Dad, we've had um, 46 lambs this year, and, and, um, you know, last year we only had 39. Isn't that great? You know, now David's becoming a military leader. He's, he's winning battles. He's, he's seeing amazing success that, that is impacting and blessing the whole nation. And it was his acceptance into Saul's household that released that fruitfulness. Acceptance into the house blesses all concerned. Saul was a, a blessing to David. But probably more so, David was a blessing to Saul. And he caused Saul to prosper and grow. And if Saul had kept David in the house, David would have continued to bless him. Tragically, Saul saw him as a threat instead of a blessing. We must never see somebody who's, who's rising up in the house as a threat. They, they haven't come to take your position. They've, they've come to compliment you and to, and to cause you to prosper and grow. David didn't detract from Saul. David elevated Saul. Saul as king with, with David as his, his military commander was a superb combination. But Saul threw that all away. He didn't realize the, the truth that, that we need to see here, that together we are stronger that the more we help other people to fulfill their calling, the more we fulfill our calling ourselves. Some of you know I'm a biologist by training, and in biology we, we talk about something called mutualism. It's the, it's the opposite of parasitism. And pa- parasitology was one of my specialities. I, I spent a lot of time studying things that... Um, that sucked blood or, um, or, or nibbled away at, um, uh, at larger things. And, um, and a parasite is something uh, that 
brings no benefit to the, to the other animal in the relationship. <laughs> it, a, a parasite gets all the benefit and the host um, loses out 100%. You know, if you're, the, if you're the horse and the horse flies come along, it's the horse flies that, uh, that benefit. If, if you've ever uh, been across to the West Highlands, um, it's the midges that benefit and it's, it's you that misses out. <laughs> but the opposite of, of parasitism is, is mutualism. And that is where both animals benefit, where, the, where there's, a, there's a benefit on both sides of the equation. And you know that is what we see in the house of God. As we bless somebody who's rising up through the ranks, they're a, a blessing to us. And it's, it's no accident that the greatest church leaders of our day to day are those who have raised up many leaders themselves. So let's embrace the next generation. Let's, um, let's encourage them. Let's spur them on. Let's enable them to rise up um, because we can only be beneficiaries of that and and more to the point so will our city could I have my picture up on the screen anybody know who this is who knows yep yep what's the name it's the edge yeah yeah um I had three pictures uh, in Inverness this morning but um I didn't need the three pictures. They they became more obvious as it went along, but um, you're all on the ball. You know who it is. David Evans is his real name, but um, commonly known as The Edge. Part of a band who has been together in their original lineup for 41 years. (laughs) The Edge has achieved the greatest success and, and I mean the greatest success. They're probably, by most measures, the, the greatest band in the world. Not by going it alone, but by going it together. Yeah. And, you know, Edge is human. Uh, it must have crossed his mind sometimes. Bono's getting all the attention here. Uh, it, it, it must have crossed his mind I'm a better guitarist than Bono, which is absolutely true, by the way. Um, uh, and I can sing too. Uh, why, why does Bono sing all the time? Why can't I sing more? And, you know, that's what usually happens with bands. If you, if you look around the place, that's what usually happens. Somebody thinks, uh, he's getting all the attention, she's getting all the attention. I'm going to set up on my own. Um, I don't think One Direction's original lineup lasted five years, never mind <laughs> 41. But you two know they are a team. You know, what is the edge without Bono? He, he's a really good guitarist. But there are thousands of really good guitarists that you and I have never heard of. And, you know, the same is, is true in church. The, the Christian world has too many would-be generals. And um, not enough people who will... Who will stand in rank and support the generals who will be the, the, the second in command rather than the, the senior guy. Think about this the other way around. What is Bono without the edge? A great singer, maybe a great songwriter, 
But there are a lot of them around too. Bono knows that he has only become who he is today because of the band. Uh, he freely admits that, that he's got weaknesses. He, he says he's great at coming up with melodies, but he's very poor at getting them down on paper. He needs the other guys around him to, um, to complete those songs. And all the profits that the band makes are split equally five ways between the, the four members of the band and their long-standing manager, who's basically part of the, the team too. And they're achieving far more together than they ever could alone. And one interesting fact I, I turned up while I was researching this. One concert, 16 years after the band started, it was the first occasion when one of them hadn't turned up. It, it was Adam Clayton. And as the, in 16 years, they had always been on stage. Uh, nobody had ever let the others down. On this occasion, Adam Clayton had a hangover, didn't, didn't turn up to the concert. And uh, one of the roadies had to stand in. And do you know, as a result of, the, of that experience, he decided he wasn't going to drink alcohol any longer. You know, the church could learn a lot from that. Not, not, that, there's, that, not that we need to stop drinking alcohol but that we need to be absolutely ruthless with anything which detracts from our commitment to the team. If Saul hadn't totally messed things up, Jonathan would eventually have been the edge to David's bono. David would have been king, and Jonathan would have been his, his trusted second in command. And he would have done a far better job than the, the bloodthirsty Joab who, who forced his way into that position and caused no end of trouble for David. Both David and Jonathan would have been blessed and so would the nation. And we can look at examples of long-standing relationships in, in church life. And, you know, the, the long-standing relationships I have, they're so powerful because... Um, you know, you can, you can meet somebody and you can think, well, I can, I can trust that guy. But it's, it's only in the months and years that, that passed that, that you, you can really trust that guy. I've known Kevin and Cheryl now for, for 22 years. Joe was just a little three-year-old um, when, when we first met. And... Um, over that time, we've, uh, we've grown together. We've seen our families grow together. We've done, uh, increasingly so, done life together, seen the highs and lows together. And they are an inspiration to me. And, you know, I'd encourage you, stick with the people in church. Stick with the people that surround you. Because it's in, the, it's in those long-term relationships, those long-term covenant commitments um, that the real strength lies. And that's what David and Jonathan would have, would have had if Saul hadn't um, messed the whole thing up. The Bible is packed with one another's. If you look through the, the letters of the New Testament, t- type the phrase one another into, into Bible Gateway or something and search through, I think there are over 40 
in the, in the New Testament, the, the things that we're encouraged to do for one another. I've, I've picked three out almost at random here um, just to illustrate this. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. 1 Peter 1.22, now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. We need to catch hold of these one another's. There are many more and they all speak of relationship. Not, uh, not a passing relationship, but a committed long-term relationship. And that's what acceptance in the house is all about. It's about those committed long-term relationships. When you're accepted in the house, you, like David, are positioned for growth. Your gifts can begin to be released. You can begin to achieve your true potential. You can begin to walk down that road of destiny. One of the paradoxes of the kingdom of God is that when your focus is on your gifts, they will never be fully released. But when your focus is on serving others, you'll position yourself for your gifts to be maximized. Gifts you never even knew you had will begin to break forth once your focus is on serving others and building the house. And it's only in the house that our gifts will truly be released. In the house of God, it's our acceptance. It's our loving care of the, of the Davids who come through these doors that will enable them to grow and become fruitful. When you belong, you're built up and you can build up others. When you belong, you are blessed and you can be a blessing. This church is a, is a great place of belonging. Let's continue to be truly excited as we open wide the doors and see the Davids come in. Because every David who's accepted and added to the house is a victory for the kingdom of God in this city. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.